All right, and welcome back to the latest installment of the Metal Oasis podcast with me, your host, Adam, and Captain Jitters. Orion, how you doing there, buddy? Buddy, I'm good. I wish I had sued Panera before this person did because uh, that charge eliminate. What a fiasco. Uh, yes. So before we start recording uh, right now, we're talking about uh, how much caffeine is in lemonade at Panera these days. So don't do it yeah. unless you will die. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Uh, that's just crazy. But we'll save that for the lemonade podcast. Oh, God. Another fucking podcast. Hey, man, how's the Billion Orion podcast going? Buddy, uh, we just hit number one on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we average about 12 billion listens a day. A day. Yeah, this. everybody listens to the same episode twice a day. Every person on the planet, that is. <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, all right, Working. so last week I had a fun episode with uh, the Mustachioed Crusader, Chris. Or I was telling my talking to my coworker about you and him, and she's like, I mean, Christopher? I'm like, that's not his name. And I was like, I... Don't think I remember his full name. What's his full name again? It's Crisanto. Yeah, she, that's what I said. I said it was yeah. Crisanto. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, did you say croissant? I'm like, no. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> my little French croissant. <laughs> and yesterday she's like, how's Ryan's brother croissant doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's not his name? Did you but tell her that he is happily married with a child on the way? No, I just buttery croissant. I just Junior. laughed internally. About <laughs> I got to tell him that. that was, then I was just picturing a croissant with a mustache on it. That's exactly right. Oh, man, we need to get that printed to give to his unborn child. Regardless. <laughs> yes. All right. That's the new plan. Bullying since day one. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Well, uh, any feedback, thoughts? Also, happy Halloween, buddy. Or happy post-Halloween. Hope you had a good yes. one. Uh, I did. I went trick or treating. Very nice. Um, as as Eddie from Stranger Things. Did you get any repeat candy? costume? Uh, no, because I'm an adult, and I Are let you? my daughter get the candy, and she made bank nice. with full size candy bars everywhere. What? Dang! A little little bucket, you know, like the fun size, you know, little greasy cups, whatever. And then they see this little two year old walking up. They're like, "Hold on, we'll be right back." And just a silver platter of like <laughs> king size Twix, Snickers, uh, M&M, like share size M&M packs. It was, she, yeah, made, she, she made up pretty well. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Orson's not ready for the candy, but we did a couple laps. Dude, it's cold as shit last night. It's so yes. cold. But we took him for a couple of laps and then kids showed up. We had a lot of trick-or-treaters surprises. We had like 30 stop by the house, which is pretty That's good. Pretty good. Yeah. We gave them treat bags, which Heather prepared. Uh, so yeah, we were that house. But anyways, speaking of scary things, Halloween and yeah. Halloween, Silver Scream, fun episode last week again with Chris. Um, and I, I will say, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I did enjoy that album and getting exposure to another band like that too. Same, same. I I admitted it during the recording, and I'll admit it again now that I viewed it very much as just kind of a gimmick. I I was just kind of like not that interested. But it's a great album. I was jamming several songs, uh, including what uh, the uh, the jig is up or whatever the name of that song is. Game over. That song got quite a few spins this week. I was like, oh, this song is pretty tasty. Uh, great album. It was a good time. 
Well, also too, I was doing that in my other, my same coworker Heather. I was just saying it to myself in my office um, after I said, "Let your freak black fly, baby." <laughs> God, and I was song. like, game over. And she's like, okay, Macho Man, Randy Savage, calm down. And were you like, dun, 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 That would have been weird, but yeah. Yeah, it would have been very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, I am a real American. And then Hulk Hogan <laughs> came out of nowhere. I was like, fuck yeah. Were you like, the cream rises to the top? Yep. Good. So, but yeah, episode's doing well. It was good. Good Halloween episode, I thought, overall. So, Back on the metal journey for us. Gonna go back to visit the upcoming, I believe will be the 26th anniversary, just missed it last year, Mm. of one of your favorite albums. And what album is that? Buddy, we are going to be chatting about Horacle by In Flames. An album that we... Oracle? Nope. The Horacle. The the Horacle. Ah, yes. Uh, this is an album we, we've chatted about a few times. And will I stand by that this is my favorite In Flames album? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is far and away my favorite In Flames album. But that being said, I will put a little asterisk there by saying I'm not like the biggest In Flames fan, right? Like, I don't know their entire discography super well. I'm not going to say that it's the best thing they've ever made. It is my favorite thing of theirs that I actually listen to. So that's my little kind of caveat to that. But this is really the only In Flames uh, album for me that has gotten many, many spins. So that's why it's fairly high for me. Well, I also wanted to pick this album, too, because as of this recording, this will be our... It's number. Episode 66, parentheses 6. Yes. And uh, it's got a song called Episode 666. So, Had yes. Had to do it. Had to Had do to it. fucking do it. it. It's worked out perfectly. Yep. Episode 66, going to do Horacle by In Flames. Yep. Yep. It worked out. We had a couple of that we were chatting about. You know, we were, you know, kind of just recovering from the from a busy weekend. And we were talking about a few that we were doing. And then you texted me and you're like, buddy. Episode 666 for episode 66. And I was like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. That's a done deal. That's a hole-in-one right there, buddy. That's a that's a perfect pass. That's a perfect cast, as Goofy would put it. So, good choice. <laughs> All right, man. Well, lead us into some feedback on said album. We've already talked about. I think we did what? Uh, We're about to remain with Shoals. Yeah. That's the only In Flames album we've done so far. So, we've mm-hmm. already talked about our introductions into In Flames as a whole. Right. Uh, but uh, give us some background on this one, buddy. Yeah, so Horacle is their third studio album, and it's a combination of the words whore and oracle. And wow. just based on the title and some of the themes that we go through, this is by no means a upbeat album. This is a very apocalyptic, doom and gloom, good old melodic death metal goodness. So really Surprise, surprise. Nothing new for the Metal Oasis. Nothing new for the Metal Oasis. This is definitely one of the in my opinion benchmark albums right like we've done some pretty heavy hitters this is one of them in my opinion uh, it's pretty high, highly regarded in terms of best in flames albums you know there's arguments to be made for quite a few of them but this is this is definitely pretty high up there and in 2020 
it was named one of the 20 best metal albums of 1997 by Metal Hammer. So <laughs> hold on. Hold on. High there. praise. High praise. High praise. So, you know, really looking forward to diving into this one again. This is very much about kind of societal collapse and apocalypse and ap- apocalyptic events and things like that. So going to be a fun one to dive into. Not the longest album we've done because, you know, we'll just be, to my knowledge, at least just through the actual album, not covering the Depeche Mode cover or the, the instrumental or the, the bonus track. So looking at the nine actual songs from the album, and it only comes in at about 42 minutes. So not the longest metal album we've done. No, I think the shortest one was probably what? Uh, Sad Wings? The shortest album we've done has to be Linkin Park. Of One of them has to be like 17 Uh-oh. minutes long. And by 17, <laughs> I mean like legitimately probably like mid 30s. <laughs> it's They're pretty short. <laughs> So, but this one's pretty short too. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about the instrumentals and stuff because I mean, I think it going into the album too. I was doing just research about this, and there's actually a really good article from Metal Hammer from 2020 that dives into it. Says, "In Flames, Horacle: The Inside Story of a '90s Mellow Death Classic." So, it's got some good accolades in there and high praise by you know metalheads around the world. Yeah, but. When listening to it, I mean, I, I do think I, I can see where people consider it a concept album. And I think that the instrumentals fit well. They seem kind of out of place at times, mm. but I, I think it, it it fits within the, the album, obviously. And even the, the cover from with everything counts. So I say we rank them, but. That's up. That's just me. Okay. Well, do you want to uh, dive into the album cover? Yeah. So, again, going back to ye old hard drive from Cal. You know, this one, I got this. Uh, Colony, Clayman, Reroute to Remain, Soundtrack, Come Clarity. And I think that was it. Um, I don't think he had a sense of purpose, which honestly wasn't a bad idea because um, that album sucks. But nonetheless, so of like the album covers, right? This one just, I mean, really that, I mean, all their album covers up to, I think, Reroute Remain and, um, yeah, up to Reroute Remain. Like Reroute Remain has this really more of a clean, fine, like, fine cover clayman colony and horacle all just have this very just rough drawing outline to it all and this one probably is my favorite of like the first five albums so to say because it just has like basically medusa like screaming out in agony in uh what appears to be like a solarium looking out upon just an apocalypse wasteland and just says in flames at the top and horacle, which at the time, 2008, 2009, I had never, I'd never once heard the word, you know, always like, is it pronounced Oracle or horacle? It sounds like horacle to me. And I think it was Shoals like, no, you mean Oracle? I'm like, no, it's horacle. And we just went back and forth on the pronunciation of the album. But for the cover, this is a very cool cover. It, it definitely gave it's, what album covers I think should do, it just draws you into like, what is this? I must listen to what is it within this vinyl sleeve or the old cassette tape. 
It what is. I, I mean, I, I, I love the album cover. So it is, it is Horacle. It is a portmanteau combination of whore and Oracle. Like that's, there's intention there. So it's, it is Horacle. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I mean, the album cover is, I mean, it's, it's hardcore. You have like some sort of, like you just said, Ragnarok apocalyptic background going on. I like the use of the word solarium. Very nice. Uh, just hanging out in there. And one thing that, I mean, yeah, you have that figure front and center. But one thing that always also stuck out to me, especially now that I'm older, is to just see the little kid in the bottom right hand corner, like holding a teddy bear, just looking out the window and seeing the destruction. That's I uh, have never noticed that until yeah. just now. Mm hmm. So that's that's pretty hardcore. And I'm sure there's more to unpack, but those are the things that stand out to me. I I mean it's a badass it's a badass cover. And even though there's a lot going on, it's still clean to me, right? Like you can see a yeah, pretty there's the with the green against the orange backdrop and this I'm, I don't know if it is Medusa. This looks maybe it's just vine. I don't think it's a her. it's not a Medusa. Uh I mean it's some sort of, you know, I mean she's got one arm and then she has kind of a tentacle going on and she's missing her eyes and stuff. So I mean I know in like Greek mythology and stuff, the oracle I mean that's probably what that is, and then combined with some sort of I don't know succubus kind of thing going on, but yeah, yeah I'm sure there's well, a I think also do have like, always like, those, but yeah, it's uh it's cool. I think I've always just thought of it as a Medusa because every picture I've ever found is this like 240 by 240 pixel grainy ass fucking picture. I can never get a yep. clear like HD to zoom in and look around on it. So that actually makes more sense. Um, that being the actual Oracle screaming out. So it's cool, buddy. It's a cool one, but I like it. It's clean. I mean, there's a lot going on again, but we've talked about metal album covers that have so much shit going on that you're just like, I don't know what I'm looking at. But this is just, it's cool. And it's unsettling, as this the whole album kind of is. But yeah, it's its dope. It's very yeah, dope. What's in, the, what's in the left window? Is that? That, I'm uh, not sure if it's like a heart or like, I, I have not been able to make out what that symbol is. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it looks to me like a, um, like a wizard or something. Or like an old man, like waiting outside of the solarium. I mean, there's so many different uh, descriptions of what it could be, right? Like, whether it's things to do with Jotun and Ragnarok and Yggdrasil's roots coming from below to, like, build back up through the house and in the background and stuff. Like that. There's a ton to unpack. Um, there is likely connections to Norse mythology here and I'm sure there is but I don't know enough about that to really speak to it but there's a lot going on there's a lot going on yeah yeah I mean overall really cool album cover so you ready to dive into it man I'm ready to hop on in this dream thopter into the world of Oracle ah the dream thopter all right ladies and gentlemen leading off with Jotun
What do you think, man? Buddy, uh, you know, we did the the best leadoff tracks app, and I feel like I'm trying to recall if I mentioned Jotun as a honorable mention. You did should not. Just, well, then I should have, and it should have made the list because what an awesome way to kick this album off. So just context-wise, you know, in terms of what this, this album is about, I mean, it gets very apocalyptic. There's discussions about this being kind of the foreshadowing of the the upcoming apocalypse and the detonation of nuclear bombs, like the 22-kilometer tombstone and mushrooms scattered forever out of context, stuff like that. References to Jotun, so like Jotunheim, and again, some of that, that Norse mythology. But, I mean, it kicks off strong. And at the very beginning, when that that um, second, I don't know, second chorus or second stanza or whatever, and when I wake up, I imagine being crushed by one. But when he comes in with that, and when I wake up, buddy, so fucking awesome. I got a shout out. Uh, I'd heard this album before. And then in college, my first semester at VCU, Jeff Mayer and I, we share, you know, albums we loved. We both, that's how we became friends. He was wearing a Motorhead shirt. We got into talking about metal. We both talked about death. And then he was like, oh, do you like In Flames? And I was just like, not really. And then he was like, listen <laughs> to Horacle. It's really good. And he had a burnt, a burned copy of it. And he gave me the burned copy of, of this album. And started listening. I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then as soon as that part kicked in, I was like, okay, this is fucking awesome. So coming out swinging, Yoen gets the ink. Yoen gets wow. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're coming out hot. So for me, Yoten was one that took a while to get into. Um, it, again, it's so funny to go back and li- like listen to albums that man. I think oh, this is a great album. Scream Aim Fire with your wonderful closing track, "Forever and Always." Oh. But then, <laughs> but like jump forward fifteen years, like you know those songs really aren't as good as I remember them to be. But on the flip side, like Yoden was like, "Ah, skip. I don't like it." Now I'm like, God, come out the gate with that awesome melodic riff and then it just drops into what i i don't like the soft-spoken words because it is just mm. i think a very much a product of the times of that recording that production you know third album for um you know small you know gothenburg metal band right you know, yep. here's you know ten thousand dollars record an album in a day mm-hmm. his vocals it's the soft vocals are, are really pushed to the bottom of the mix and I wake up and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, love here it comes part. back. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, his the lyric stuff does get a little bit wonky because he's English isn't the you know obviously their first language, right? And yeah. like, like all the lyrics are translated, and then yeah, I'm like that yeah. doesn't make sense. But <laughs> hey, it doesn't have to make sense. It's fucking metal. But I mean, overall, like it is a very cool, groovy riff and. Throughout this whole album, I'll just say it now. There are no bad songs on this album. Ooh. I'll just say it now. Spoiler alert. There, there are some, some Not skippers. as good. Yeah. There are some skippers or some, you know, songs that I wouldn't skip on a long car ride kind of thing. Going back to that old analogy. But at 33 years old now, Yoden is an awesome song to kick off the album. 
just because it, it just draws you in with the, mel the melody and this is like okay what is melodic death metal play horacle and you will understand mm -hmm. so uh, this one does not get the ink for me per se just yet but it is a good it. way to start the album I will say for me, part of the reason why it gets that kind of nostalgia ink is because I was for sure that dude sitting there, arms crossed, slightly frowning, like this is kind of cool. And then as soon as that part kicked in, and I, wake up. I was just like, oh, this is pretty fucking rad. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of the road in part two of the story Food for the Gods. for the gods this is what should start the album Ooh, okay just the way that starts off just ja, 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 fuck yes i think this is a really cool song i like how there's never an actual chorus like mm. there's not that big like drop into a big you know one four five melody coming through it's just straightforward, just driving, you know, double picking the entire time, all the way through this song. And then the solo is pretty cool here, too. Hold on. 
you know, twin riff action there going on or twin solo action going on. So, and, and lyrically, I, I like the song because when I'm thinking, okay, I've heard this album several times now and I'm trying to picture together the concept, you know, food for the gods, you know, it's, this is the, the people making sacrifices of other people you know, <laughs> created from a child's heart, a living jewel from now on abode for a soul in its setting. Like, what the fuck? So, There's some wild ass symbolism in this album and in this song. I mean, for me, I mean, I, I take it as kind of like transcending reality and living some sort of divine existence, but there is some crazy ass lyricism in the song, which sure, maybe it's super deep. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about in some of those. Yeah. Like, like ones like um, stairs of glowing ectoplasm. Ecto- yeah. Sapphire, onyx, buzzing vibrations, a dead man's banquet, food for the gods. Like, it's like, what is happening? What? I mean, some sort of crazy, I, I don't know. I'm sure there are, but like chosen cell glands and transmitters blast the body with joy, astral feet running up to dimension covered with gold. There's just some what? crazy shit. That, that is word vomit right there, but damn if it don't it's sound still good. cool. It sounds cool. It makes me think of the arcane sanctuary from Diablo 2. Do I know what he's talking about? No. Does it sound cool? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Any other thoughts on food for the gods? I don't think so. I mean, again, um, I think coming in, it doesn't get to, I think, it's a couple more songs through mm-hmm. where the production gets, I think, a lot better, where I think the first two songs are a little muddy mm-hmm. in the production, but I think it's meant to be that way. Well, it's uh, very much a product, like you mentioned earlier, it's very much a product of its time, right? Like the yeah. Gothic like it's, ni- it's 1997 of yeah. like melodic death metal. Yes. You know, you have, you know, the 80s where they're able to put, you know, the distortion and sound onto vinyl records, but then transition it to tapes and CDs. Where I think, as we talked about last week, with all the orchestrations in the songs, now granted, this is just straight guitars, but the distortion is so thick and fuzzy, it sometimes it just doesn't correspond well. So you do get that very, you know, dirty, muddy mix where it's not clean and crisp like we're used to hearing nowadays. So, is there a remaster of this album? Oracle Reloaded. Looks like there is. Oh, it's a it's a reprint. Like I don't think that's quite like a remaster. But still, I would like like a fully remastered version of this album. I don't want one because they did that with Clayman, and look uh, how that turned yeah, out. That's true. Fair, fair <laughs> point. I'll just say quickly, quick, quickly. For food for the gods, uh, it's awesome. This would have also been a good album opener. Uh, it's uh, you know, very confusing lyricism aside, it's just badass. Especially the, honestly, the first very similar to Jotun, the first or early part of the song. But for this on the very first line, Shay marries the guilt. The way he says it is cool. I can't comprehend a lot of what he's saying, even when I read the lyrics while he's singing. There's stuff I can't understand what he's saying. But yeah, yeah. there's only two songs in here that I. And I'll mention that we get to them where I can understand the lyrics almost right off the bat. Right. So, well, let's dive into Gyroscope.
What do you think? So Gyroscope was a song that for a while took me, it was hard for me to get into. Like it was one of those songs that after the first couple of songs play and they're, they're fast and heavy and aggressive the whole time. And this one is slower, atmospheric, kind of haunting. I'd always be like, I mean, this is cool, but let me go back to the first two songs again. Or let me move <laughs> forward a little bit. The more I've I listened to it over the past fucking 15 years, though, Gyroscope is awesome. It is a very, very cool song. Uh, I, I, I like it a lot. It's become one of the higher ones for me. Not necessarily the tippy top, but it's it's is pretty solid. It's it's another weird one, but I like his vocals on this song. It might be. I don't think it's necessarily my favorite vocally, but it's it's pretty up there. His voice sounds pretty awesome in this song. Like it's really drawn out and just I don't know. Like there's there seems to be more body to his voice on this song than some of the other ones. But overall, Gyroscope is awesome. It's a really solid song. It's pretty high up there for me, and I I dig That's- it. That's a really good way of describing more body in his voice because that yeah. is I, I do get that on this one. I fucking love the intro, mm-hmm. and do you know why I love the intro, Ryan? I'm gonna take a stab. Well, I don't know. You know what? You tell me. I want to hear because it from because the... you get this really sick just bass rhyme. <laughs> boom, 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 like fuck yes, and it never happens again. And I'm so fucking mad because i love the intro i was like oh so we're gonna nice three tracks in changing it up and a little like folk you know acoustic guitar bass run on it because it, it reminds me a lot of uh insomnium but it's really the other way around because this would be influenced by inflames for insomnium but i just i love that bass run on it real quick and then you're right his his voice it has a lot of good body the vocal is clear on it um, sometimes it's a little hard to understand, but he's shaping the words better. I think of this song again, lyrically, it's a fucking mess. Geology is digging through my brain. Hmm. Like digging geology. That makes sense through your brain, but it's a mantra engulfing the world to throw it up once again to a guild of a lifted dagger. Neowolf, but older again than the lupus itself, linked its fur to the gyroscope of time, a collection of failures. What is happening? (laughs) Please explain this to me. I mean, dude, it's like, it's super obvious. It's very clear. If you really think about it. And by that, I mean, I had to look it up all over the place because I didn't know what he's talking about either. Uh, A gyroscope as a tool is apparently used to determine orientation. So like that makes, I guess, sure. There are so many comments and posts and things all over the place about what this song is about. Ranging from human science uncovering history to kind of repeating itself. Uh, and then the Neo-Wolf is the human race evolving from its original life form represented by the lupus. And then by using the gyroscope, they can find out where they've come from. But since we're the most evolved race on the planet, we've condemned ourselves by destroying the earth. It, it, this, the, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Now, I will say as a big Gojira fan, they use a lot of symbolism 
and stuff like that. This is beyond that. This gets to a point of, of that I don't mean what? this in a disparaging way, but utter nonsense. I have no idea what they're talking about. It sounds fucking cool, though. So at the end of the day, whatever. Yeah, like musically, it's cool. Um, I wish they'd put more influence like on the more like acoustic and the bass runs into it and blend it more into. But being that's only a three and a half minute song, it just grinds through the, all of that. And you do get a little bit of that melody shift from the verse to the chorus. And when it says like Neo Wolf, but older again. And also, I'm trying to picture a story so far. Jotun, you've got what I picture the, the trees reclaiming the earth. Um, like the bomb is dropped, the earth begins to turn into Jotunheim, reclaim itself. Food for the gods is, you know, it's like who makes the movies where the shits, um, the movies start at the end. And huh? then go backwards. Is that uh, who, who, who? What filmmaker is that? The movie starts at the end and goes backwards. You know, you know how movies they'll start. They'll start the movie at the end, um, and then it like starts at the beginning and it, it works its way back up to that part again. Yeah, there's been a few. I, I for some reason I can't think of any. Examples. Is it Incep- is Inception that way? Not Inception. Uh, Shutter mm. Island that way. No, I don't think so. Maybe Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction does it. Like, yeah, Pulp think. Fiction does some back and forth with time yeah. stuff there, and then anyway. So I'm just picturing. Right, so I don't know. Anyway, I'm off track, but the bomb drops, but then gyroscope, which would be food for the gods, come in, and it's like now we have a prequel to before the bomb dropping of man trying to save itself by offering, you know, these offerings, but then in a different time, there's the gyroscope of, well, now we've gone back after Jotun into gyroscope where the the land is still a waste and people are finding you know, the fossilized remains of the prior civilization. And I was like, I'm really trying to connect short and curlies over here to make, make sense of all this album so far. But, but so far, I mean, I, the music is good. The vocals sound good. Lyrically, it's a mess, but Hey, I'm down here for it. So let's uh, move on to the next track. Let us continue our dialogue with the star.
All right, buddy. Four tracks in, and we've got ourselves an instrumental. What do you mm-hmm. think? So th- this is something that comes to mind. I've, I've referenced stuff like this in the past, right? Of like what I imagine is happening. When I hear this song, it feels like I'm on like a Viking warship and we're about to go to the next place to pillage. And like as we're bobbing through the waves, drinking mead out of our horns, like that's a hundred percent the first thing I think of when I hear every time I hear this song, it's exactly what I think of. It just makes me want to fucking drink some mead and do some pillaging and burning. Uh, and then when it moves into the little, you know, acoustic interlude, maybe it's, you know, we're, we're packing up everything that we just pillaged and now we're about to hop back in the ship. So the, 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 the thing comes back in again, and now we're, we're bobbing through the waves again. It's, it's fucking cool. I, I dig it. It makes me smile every time I hear it. That's what comes to mind. That is the reason why you and I did this podcast together. <laughs> I have the same exact thoughts. Yeah. With, with the exception, mine's not on the sea. Mine's in space. What? <laughs> oh, because of dialogue. Dude, I'm just picturing I'm picturing all these Vikings on a ship and the song is playing. Oh, oh go, ahead, this, go ahead. This I did you see Thor Love and Thunder? Unfortunately. I'm just picturing them on the ship yeah. traveling through space with Mjolnir or not Mjolnir, uh Stormbreaker just with all like the Bifrost, like as the waves crashing around the ship. Okay, so we're we're on the same similar wavelength yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, uh, no pun intended. Wavelength. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I was picturing the entire time. Just like, but now it's like we're going into an alternate dimension, or trying to like we've left Earth. Like there's been a spaceship that has left the Earth to try and you know re- repopulate, replenish anew on a different planet. And then shit hits the fan when they get to their planet with the next song. But this song is cool. I think this is what, what the first song we've actually... We had Last of the Wilds from the Nightwish album you know, a long, long time ago, which had that kind of same feel, just like that bob your head kind of tone and mood to it. Mm-hmm. And I get this one here, whereas this is a three-minute instrumental. You know, and I will say I like this more than other songs on the album with vocals. That's fair. So that's fair. It just, it's a pretty dang cool instrumental. Because I, you know, and I don't know. I've been. I was trying to do some research on the track listing. If it was reorganized, um, I don't think so. Was it? I, I don't think so either. I, I've, I've seen mixed, um, and maybe just people just don't know how to type on their <laughs> actual track listings, but I've seen it mit- reversed where dialogue was after the hive. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Cause I think dialogue with the stars makes a lot of sense leading into the hive. So for that, I think it's a good one, two punch coming up. No spoiler alert, I guess, but uh, yeah, this song overall, I- I'm glad you're on the same wavelength on just a ship. You're just bobbing through the seas. So yep. whether yep. it's on water or in space. So all right, next track. The hive.
So dialogue with the stars ends. The ship crash lands on another planet. <laughs> and they come across the hive. This song fucking rips. The the tight the tight groove in this song it, it just immediately hooks me in. I think the balance in the song between the vocals and the music is spot on. And what I was thinking about, you know, thematically with the story, right? So the ship crash lands or finds another planet that they think is, you know, hospitable, but it's actually hostile. And it's just these nighttime creatures that come out and just uh, reminds me of those creatures in Batman versus. No, the Justice League, right? When those creatures that um, was it? Apocalypse? I am not the I am not the best uh, DC uh, reference point. You, you saw Justice League, Matthews. didn't you? I did not see Justice League. You fucking. Lunatic. I watched Batman versus Superman, the director's cut, and I fell asleep. And then I woke up, and finally things were happening again. Uh, but yes, I never saw Justice League. I saw Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was good. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. That's the DC podcast. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, no, when Darkseed, not, I mean, that's an apocalypse. I meant Darkseed. When Darkseed has all these like winged bat army bullshits, that's what I'm just picturing is attacking the ship. And when it says Hornet, Hive Dark, Severed Wings, and Veinless Beating, buzz out from an inferno of fangs to disarm the stars within us. I think it works lyrically. Right. Dialogue, dialogue with the stars is like, you know, it's a fun thing. But I think the stars is like the soul within you and you're having this you know, thought to try and come to terms with your inner self, your inner struggle. And then these hornets are out to just destroy the star, destroy the spark within you, destroy your soul. So, you know, thematically, musically in the chorus too. How it kind of just changes, mm-hmm. you know, how it, it kind of slows down a little bit and like, we should have been That's literally so <laughs> much more by now. It's, just, it's awesome. Mm. And this song was, again, one of the first songs I could clearly understand every single word he was saying. I was like, doing good. Getting a good ear for this shit. So the Hive gets the 10 out of 10. Ooh, okay. The 10 out of 10. Uh, I, I also, I really like this song. I sent you a screenshot from my note for the song because I had the, we should have been so much more by now in all caps uh, in my description because that distortion shift and then that up down and then moving into that piece. This is also, this is up until this point, one of the grooviest songs on the album Yeah, uh, so far. So it's very listenable digestible uh it's awesome so you you pretty much covered everything i wanted to say this one's pretty high for me this one is a very re-listenable song and that that pace and then moving into we should have been is fucking rad so i totally get it it gets some ink dribblings for me it doesn't get the full stamp but not because it's not awesome but just because i'm gonna run out of ink if i throw 10 out of 10s left and right but it's a groovy ass, cool, rhythmic song that I I definitely dig. So I feel you. 
I feel you under 10 out of 10. I ain't mad at it. Yeah, it's you know, there's several songs in the In Flames discography that rank highly for me. Mm-hmm. In the Hive, it's probably a top five song. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think this song fucking rules. So, yeah. All right, let's head on down to the Justice Script Transfigured. Flying through halfway, what you got? I am always torn on Jester script transfigured. One thing that kind of harkens back to it actually, especially his spoken word sort of songing, kind of droning thing he has going on with his voice, it's kind of doing like this. Reminds me a lot of Dawn Patrol on Rust in Peace by Megadeth, if you remember that song where Davis just pretty much talking like this the whole time. Similar deal. That being said, there are some very cool kind of melodic pieces in this, and it's cool and it's haunting. And I know this is one of those songs that's pretty high for a lot of people, and it's, you know, a well-written song. This is not the easiest listen for me. Like, this is not a song that I can off, that I'll regularly respin. So kind of going back to what you said earlier, there's no bad songs in this album. I, I totally agree. But this song is one that, it's hard for me to go back to. Like, I do like it. Like, it's cool. And I like listening to it in the totality of the album. But if I'm going to throw on a couple of songs in this album, this probably won't be the one for a short car ride. So that's just me. But it's just, it's not the easiest listen. 
All right, we need to stop high-fiving each other and just cock-gobbling like the first five songs and then still agree that number six is an awful song because <laughs> like this is another song. I was like, I don't hate this song, but I'm like, hmm, Horacle, The Hive, hmm, Jester Script Transfigured, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it reminds me of just like that very 90s crooner, you know, alternative rock sound where just holding the mic like this and just uh, with new beginnings held an infinite vacuum. Like, what? <laughs> but then he, you know, but then he switches it and does, does the harsh vocals, which sound fine, but it just. Whereas gyroscopes start off a little slower, it picks up and it, it becomes a, a much better song after that. This one, it just ebbs and flows way has too much of a high and too much of a low to keep you, I think, maintained and wanting to listen to the song more. And maybe I'm just stupid and have a wrong opinion. I don't know. But yeah, this one, I, I do not go to this song very often, but letting it run through and still trying to figure out the thought process of, you know, with Jester Script Transfigured, right, where they just released, you know, the Jester Race a year prior. Does that have anything to do with it? I don't know. You know, is it, you know. I'm sure there's some sort of. Am I trying to, yeah, am I, am I trying to piece things together where they don't actually fit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that, especially with an album that kind of has this this level of gravitas and magnitude is, yeah, you can dissect this song, and I'm sure there's some deeper meaning that we're you know, not even scratching the surface of, and there's some complexity written within the layers of this. But guess what? If I'm just listening to this album, this is not going to be one that I'm going to go back to repeatedly. It's just, it just, it just ain't. I mean, I could see this maybe within the story as well. I mean, I, I'd written down, you know, '90s alternative acoustic kumbaya. Uh, <laughs> Yep, and like, and again, I don't like his the spoken part, but I can also see this being where everyone's huddled around a fire, you know, kind of like in the Terminator. I'm just throwing a bunch of fucking movie references out here, right? Where it's in this post-apocalyptic world, where or maybe maybe not Terminator, maybe like Mad, more like Mad Max, right? It's Everyone's huddled around a, fire, a campfire. You know they've got like their makeshift tents put up, and they're trying to tell like this story of what used to be, yeah, and what we're going to try and be better. You know, installing, awaiting the restoration of unsequenced chaos. They're trying to plot something and try and build something anew. I don't know, but you know, just Jester script transfigured. You know, do they were able to um, find something to to be the spark to build civilization again? You know, I, I just that's what I'm trying to picture in my head of how to make sense of this song. But again, I think I'm just trying to put a you know square peg into a round hole with this song. So yeah, but let's sure. uh, move on and morph into primal.
Morphing into Primal. This picks it up another fucking notch. The, you know, I've said it before many times this podcast. I'm very conceited. I look at shit. If it looks stupid, I don't listen to it. <laughs> Morphing into Primal, like, that song just sounds cool. I'm going to listen to it. And, yeah, like, this one does not disappoint. I think this kind of falls in the, cas- uh, the category of gyroscope. Because I have no idea what the fuck's going on. But musically, just it, it, as the song is, it's, it's, it's good. I wish the solo was turned up more in the mix. A mm-hmm. little, little soft on that, if you ask me. But, yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about this one. Because as much as I like the song, it, it just blends in with everything. And I, there's nothing that really jumps out like a hook or something with the mix. It just This one, I think, could be reworked with the remastering and just be brought up more and have more stress in terms of like really pop it, make have a good pop to draw you in more. But I like the song. Don't get me wrong, but not my favorite, but it's a very good song. Okay. Okay. Uh, size more orgasmic omnipotence. It's one of the lines in the song. Scenes of magma in my eyes. Try to see some of the other ones that, uh, I'll cover every particle from there to Andromeda. Suck this subterranean creature out. There's a lot going on. I don't know what he's talking about with half of this. Um, This is the intro song to 1994's Primal Rage for Sega Genesis, which is pretty cool. No, I'm just kidding. It's not, but that would be cool. Uh, (laughs) Wait a minute. 1994? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's a very digestible... Well, I don't know if digestible. It's a very thrashy, tasty song. I agree. The solo... I wish it were louder because it's pretty neat, but it's it's kind of lost in the minutia of the mix. This song feels a little bit more just kind of traditional heavy metal, thrashy metal. It's yeah, not it's as very thrashy. yeah, for sure. So it's an easy listen. It doesn't have the same level of oomph as other songs on this album do, but it's a good easy listen if there exists such a thing on this album. But yeah, I mean, morphing into primal is cool. I like it. I've always liked it, but it, it's not going to, you know, ascend too high on the throat, but uh, it's it's a cool track. I like it. And, and I'll be honest with this one. I have no idea how to fucking blend this into the story, so... I don't even know what's happening at this point. Uh, I try to do it song by song, but yeah. Uh, we I feel like point. it's like Animorphs where... And that's what I just pictured. Just the person turned into a cheetah on the book cover. That's that's about perfect. It. And maybe it is. Maybe it's a dedication. It's an homage to uh, Animorphs, which would also be cool. I will say it's very funny, like just researching this album, trying to find song meanings and things like that. That anytime I pull up anything from this album and it redirects to anything anybody posts on Reddit, almost always the first comment is, "Oh, this was when Full In Flames used to be good." Like that's like every <laughs> single thread is just, "Oh, back when In Flames was good." Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty funny. But it's a cool song. Easy to yeah, listen cool. to for the most part. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, boy, let's get on to the next one. Worlds within the margin.
right, man. What you think? This was for uh, for pretty much always was a skipper for me. For like the longest time, it was a skipper for me. But in the past few years, having re-listened to it and become more intentional, you know when you have like a go-to album and you have songs that you just always listen to, and anytime you hear a song that's not one of those songs, like skip and the or skip back. Boy, do I know. Yeah, this was one of those songs that definitely kind of fell into that. When I hadn't listened to the album for, I don't know, it's probably been like two or three years since I listened to it. And then I went back and listened to it again. I just kept playing this song over and over and over. And I was like, what was I missing? This is a dope song. It's weird, especially with the very 90s kind of synth stuff going on in the background. But I don't know. Maybe that just tickled my fancy. But the song has has really grown on me. Uh, I don't know what's going on in the margin of butterfly wings and entire cycles of evolution. Um, <laughs> but between these two eyes, at least, feverish fractal soar. And this song has is, is, is gotten in a pretty decent, okay spot on my list. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool track. I like it, and I appreciate it more having actually listened to it more. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool song. It's got a cool kind of weird ethereal feel going throughout it. Um, very 90s at times, but I don't know. Maybe that's what makes me appreciate it more at this point. But yeah, it's a cool song. Two for two on this, man. Again, I had the same thoughts coming off of the Hive, Skip Jester script, get halfway through Morphing into Primal, meh, Worlds Within the Margin, okay, episode 666, and then like I just want to get to Everything Counts, right? Mm-hmm. But Worlds Within the Margin is was a sleeper that has now become a banger. This song rips the um like the the intro goes on for like 30, 30 40 seconds or whatever, and there's like these just whispers in the in the background of this riff going on. Like it, it's like you're just like you're hearing your own thoughts just like scatter through your fucking brain. And then it drops in you know, with the harsh vocals, buds of bloom in all directions from which events occur, relations and viruses, meetings catch fire and explode in the margin of butterfly wings, entire cycles of evolution. Just it's awesome. I like how like the in that verse, you know, halfway through it kind of just drops in, gets a little heavier and louder. That's cool. You know, I, and also like it's just the song has a this one has a really good up and down in terms yeah. of staying heavy, but then dropping in for the verses to keep that just like that droning bass and stuff like that. Really good riffs. It does have that kind of just ethereal droning sound throughout. Yep, and you can almost say it, it's. I, I don't want to use the word generic for this song because it just has again that droning riff. Just simple, you know, double bass beat run in the background. It, it fits that formula. Okay, we'll be, you know, play loud and fast on the chorus and then drop back in slow, bring it back for the verse. But that just, that shit just works. Like that's appealing to the ears, you know, that draws your attention because it's something you can listen to. It's like, okay, well, now the music's turned down. I can hear more the vocals and what he's trying to say and you know we can dance like we were on drugs and peyote labyrinths remapped exits you know 
Sure. Yeah, sure. And so, again, with the story, again, I have no fucking idea what's going on. But this song has definitely risen up the ranks for me and how much I go to this song, how it just drops in, has a really cool, just slow intro. I'm like, okay, this is very tolerable. It has a, definitely has that 90s feel to it. Mm-hmm. But overall, cool fucking song. Agreed. All right, well, let's get to our aptly titled name of the episode, episode 666. Ryan, what do you think of our episode 666? Welcome here. The squirrel wheel begins. Fasten the left-hand belts. Remember not to think too much, and your trip will be numbingly pleasant. This song, just about, you know, just super apocalyptic. I've, I've read things kind of... Uh, envisioning it as like a broadcast of the end of the world and people are just numbingly watching the TV and drooling and just watching the world end. This song fucking rules. The song is awesome. I always love the song. It's absurd that it's episode 666. This to me is in flames at its best. Like I think if, if this is the formula that in flames had stuck with, they would be pretty high on my list of bands I would go to all the time. 
Episode 666. Easy easy ink stamp. 10 out of 10. The song fucking rules. Absolutely love it. Ring the fucking bell. <laughs> Took the words right out of my goddamn mouth. I set it for Morphin' into Primal. I look at the track listing for a horror cool. Episode 666. You have my attention. I will press play. That that alone is awesome. And again, this was the second song after The Hive where I, for some reason, could easily understand everything he was fucking saying. You know, their dead smile lips turn on the TV while urban gravestones scrape the sky, rising over marionette cities and marionette skies. Huh. But this one, this makes sense. Like you're, they're literally broadcasting into the world, and just everyone's just dead to it all. And you know, it, it makes sense. Like, okay, episode six 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 is you know the number of the beast. It's the end of the world. It's the apocalypse. And it's like turn your TV. We're gonna watch the end. It's episode six six six. Like it all. It's tongue in cheek, but it makes fucking sense, right? And this solo is, I like this solo a lot because it's, it's up in the mix. It blends well. It's got this groovy-ass riff. It just, it hooks you in. It's got a good uh, verse, chorus, you know, flow to it. Uh, yeah, but you're right. This is what inflames. When, when I think of old inflames, this is what I think of. Yep, exactly. And like, God, like, damn, it's so fucking good. No questions asked. 10 out of fucking 10 on this song. Yes, sir. And I can, and again, go back to the story, right? I can see where, you know, if we're looking back at, you know, is this, you know, an even earlier prequel to Yoden? You know, where now they're actually watching the end of the world, they're actually watching the demise, and then Yoden takes over again. So it's very, epi- it's interesting how this, album feels kind of episodic right where you're not getting a streamlined start to finish story you're having to pick pieces together it, come on you know God, keep jumping around like the fucking witcher on netflix that that show jumps around you never know I where i've stopped watching <laughs> yeah but yes so sorry go ahead no because i mean it's i just this song fucking rules man like I, that's just when we were talking about um, what album to do I'm like oh episode 66 episode 666 let's fucking do it we had to do it we had to do it so all right, man. Well, let's head on to the cover by Depeche Mode. Everything counts.
I'll take this one to start. So I did not know Everything Counts was a cover until doing more research on this album. I've never heard the original by Depeche Mode, so I have nothing to compare it to if it's a good cover or not. I'm sure that's very different than the original, being that it's by In Flames versus, you know, was an electronic band, Depeche Mode. In the car today, coming home, my wife said, I really like that song, Everything Counts. And now it makes sense because this, is, this definitely follows the more chorus verse, you know, structure of a typical song. I think it's a great cover. Uh, yes. the, musically, I think it's good. You know, it's got that really cool, like, guitar, like, kind of run in the background. You know, it's a competitive world. Everything counts in large amounts. The way he says that has a, a good clean vocal on it almost, like a, like a gritty clean. So I, I definitely don't hate this song. I, I think it's a good song. And I was trying to be deceptive earlier about how. I just want to get to everything counts. I lied. I want to get to episode six 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 because that's yes. all fucking rules. Yep. But everything counts is a good song too. And I mean, up until in doing the podcast, I think it. I thought it fit well. You know, more so about the chorus. You know, it's a competitive world. Everything counts in large amounts. I just thought that line really fit well with the story for some reason. But again. I'm square peg round hole. I'm trying to make it work. I, I don't know if it really works or not. So what do you think? So I'll start by saying it's a great Depeche Mode cover. The fact that we have a melodic, melodic death metal band from Sweden covering an English electronic band from the eighties. Uh, interesting, right? Like typically when you hear covers, it's, you know, just a different flavor of metal being covered by a different metal band. So the fact that we have a, electronic song covered by this band is, is an interesting choice. This song always very much stood out for me as kind of weird. And then when I realized it's a Depeche Mode cover, it's like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Here's what I'll say. I think it's a great cover. It feels very much like the B side of the cassette, like a bonus track. Like to me, this doesn't fit at all, but it's a cool cover. So I'm not mad at it for what it is, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't fit on the album for me personally. It's not a bad cover by any means. Like it's cool. It's a cool take on the song. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I like the song. We'll just we'll leave it at that. So cool. All right, last track, the title track, Horacle.
album closer. What do you think? A couple of thoughts on this. Uh, one, uh, it's very odd that everything counts is play is placed where it is as a bonus track. It's weird that you have episode six six six, and then everything counts, and then this super dark atmospheric album closer. Like that's one thing that I've always found super weird. Everything counts would have been after Horacle as a bonus track. Like I, I still don't get that. Interesting take. It's a little long for what this for what I'm about to suggest, but I wonder if it would have been cool to open the album with Horacle. Like have this play into Jotun or Jotun rather. I, I, it's a little long, so maybe if it was a little more condensed, that would work. That being said, I actually really like this as as an hey. instrumental closer. It's it's. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Hold on, real quick. Hold on. I should not picture it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could have been cool, right? Um, I think it works yeah. either way, but I'm just, I don't know. I kind of wonder if that would have been a cool way to kind of tee up the album. You know what I mean? Like, it's very haunting and dark and, and creepy. It also works well as a, as a very, well, everything's over, right, kind of feel to it. So it works well as, as an outro. It's a cool instrumental. It doesn't have the depth of dialogue with the stars, but I don't really view this as a, nor this feels kind of interlude-ish, right? Like this feels like a transition, either intro or outro. Uh, but it's cool. Uh, I just wish everything counts didn't get placed before this song. I will have to disagree with you on that because I think even maybe because I'm just listening to the one line. I think the song fits narratively with the rest of the album and what it's trying to. Uh, to you know, I guess inspire or describe what the album, the apocalypse, you know, the handshake seals a contract. From the contract, there's no turning back. The turning point of a career in Korea being sincere, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, the grabbing hands grab all they can, all for themselves. After all, it's a competitive world. Everything counts in large amounts. So I think just those lines, when you're thinking about the technological civilizations and humanity destroying themselves, you know, because they just get, they're just striving more and more, trying to get more, be bigger, be better, more and more and more. And then they end up blowing themselves up. Yeah. So I think yeah. everything counts fits narratively. Sure. Um, that's fair. And the song is done well. So I think, and I think after that, it's okay. Episode six, 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 you're watching the end of the world. Everything counts is like, well, you got what you asked for. And then Horacle is just, you know, you know, watching the one feather drop from the sky next to one little dandelion popping up through the cracked earth, you know, or, you know, the Oracle actually dancing or moving in the rhythms, you know, like from 300 or something like that. So, yeah, I think that those three songs, I think the, the, these last three songs, I think, work very well for the album as it closes. And this is just more like a you just sit back and like, what the fuck just transpired? Sure. You know, you yeah. listen to the album, and it's like a, it's just like the end credits of the album, Horacle. You know, yeah, that, yes, very, yes. Thank you. Yeah. You know, thank you, 
come again and buy another ticket for the next show. So, I mean, I, I like the song. It, it is a little long-winded, I give you that. But I think it, it fits well being the, the album closer because if we're talking about an album with the apocalypse, do you really want something atmospheric and ethereal to open as a bomb is dropping down and the earth's being reclaimed by the trees? You know? I yeah. don't know. I think I want yeah. something that just jumps right into the chaos and let this be like, wow, that's a lot to take in. I need to reassess my values and reassess, you know, what's important in the world going forward. So, I mean, Horacle as an instrumental, you know, it for the album, it does, I think, a good job for an individual song. Do I go back to it all the time? No. But I think it, it works well for what the album is trying to parlay. So, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Well, shall we crack this puppy? Well, we've already cracked this puppy open. But should we now arrange this cracked open puppy? Uh, I guess we can. So, um, I would say, I mean, I, I think everything counts should be in the track in the in the rankings because even though it's a cover. I think it fits with the album, you know, with the the theme of the album. Yeah. So we'll see if we agree or disagree on that. But I will stand by. There's nothing bad on this album. Yeah. So we'll get to that after after that. So time to rank these eleven songs. I was going to put Horacle at number eleven for both of us. Oh, never mind. I went for. I'll go first. And my number eleven is Horacle. So, what do you? My number eleven. It is a great cover. Oh, okay. Everything counts comes in at eleven for me. It just for me personally, it does not fit. I mean, that's just me. I think it's an awesome cover. I think it's cool. You know what's funny is if this song were placed after Horacle, it may be a few slots down. But something about that placement just really like irks me. It just I don't know. It fe- it feels too bonus tracky to me. It's a cool cover. It just it doesn't make the list for me. Okay. Well, I I apologize. So Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh my number 10 is going to be Jester Script Transfigured. Uh my just- number Oh, yeah. I I feel you. That's uh not the easiest listen. Uh, it's not the easiest. Listen, uh, my number ten is horrible. Okay. All right. Uh, my number nine is going to be gyroscope. Your number nine is gyroscope. Gyroscope. Yes. Yes. Uh, my number nine is gesture script transfigured. My number eight is everything counts. Okay. Uh, my number eight is morphing into primal. My number seven is morphing into primal. My number seven is working within the margin. Worlds within the margin. What did I say? Working. Oh, sorry. Worlds within the margin. (laughs) What did I say? Working within the margin. Listen, I've been been working all day, buddy. Mine's a little adult. Uh, my number six is 
Dialogue with the Stars. A ring-a-ling, ding-a-ling, them bells. Dialogue with the Stars is my number six as well. Ah, the old ring-a-ling, ding-a-ling. The old oh, ring-a-ling, ding-a-ling. Tis the season, buddy. <laughs> hey, man. Tis it's the season. Oh, dude. Wait, what is that? Oh, Aleworks. Uh, this Aleworks old-fashioned, a fun old-fashioned family Christmas ale. Yep. So Heather usually, while she's working... She'll turn the TV on to like one of those ambient channels on YouTube of just background music. So until last last night, it was Halloween. I come downstairs today and it's a snowman and there's Christmas music <laughs> playing. And I was like, man, that transition was quick. <laughs> la 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 la, catching. Exactly. <laughs> I saw the video of Mariah Carey from last year, like on the uh, uh, the stand uh, the stationary bike as a witch. It was like just laughing. It's like oh, it's never first. I'm back, witches. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, my number five is Jotun. Oh, number my number five is Gyroscope. <clears throat> my number four is Food for the Gods. My number four is The Hive. Uh. My number three is working within the margins. I mean, excuse me, worlds within the margin. Working within the worlds within the margin. Uh, my number three is food for the gods. My number two is we should have been so much more by now. The hive takes. Number two. My number one and my no, number no, your two. number two. Oh, I yeah. know. My number one and my number two are tied. They are both 10 out of 10s. They share the, the one slot. But you know what I'm going to go with for number two today? Jotun's going to take the two slot today. Look at that. Ring-a-ling, the ding-a-ling. <laughs> number one's Episode 666 for episode 66. <laughs> it all comes together. I had, they're both, honestly, those are my two favorite songs on the album, and they're my two favorite In Flame songs. So, yeah. Jotun and, and episode 666 both have very wet, inky stamps on them. They're so awesome. It's at a point where, candidly, when I listen to this album, I just listened to Food for the Gods, episode 666 in Jotun. And I'm like, all right, moving on. Uh, I've got yeah. my fill. Yep, exactly. So those are the three songs that get played the most. By far. Not even close. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I would just go to, I would just go to episode, six, episode 666, The Hive, and just move on. You know, the rest of the album is, the rest of the album I think is full of sleepers, honestly. Yeah, because there's because they have such a huge catalog, and there's not, you know, like Shogun for example by Trivium. Here we go, no more fucking Trivium. <laughs> there's there is so many good songs on that yeah. album that I can just like I I just okay. There's one skipper. Mm-hmm. Whereas this a lot of In Flames albums, okay, there's like three or four really really solid you know top tier nine ten out of nine out of ten ten out of ten songs. And the rest of the world is mid, but still very good songs, you know, but they are their best within the scope of the album. 
and really nothing more. There's nothing that really, really transcends the catalog outside of like episode 666, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, for ranking, so we got uh, Jotun. I've got it at five. You have it at two. Food for the Gods at four and three. Gyroscope at nine and five. Ringling, dingling, dialogue with the stars at six. The Hive at two and four. Jester script transfigured, ten and nine. Morphing into primal, seven, eight. Uh, Worlds within the margin, three, seven. Episode six, six, six at ones. Everything counts at eight and eleven, and Horacle at eleven and ten. So. I guess like so. Final thoughts about the album. I guess we. Are, I guess we already talked about it. But any, any last words? You know, it's it's one of those albums that may not be the easiest for people to go back and listen to. Right? I mean, it's melodic death metal. It has that Gothenburg Swedish feel to it. It has kind of a garage recording quality to it in some instances. Maybe not quite that low, but it's not the easiest listen. Right? But that being said, I I still think this is a flagship metal album. I mean, it really is. It's 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 a bit. There's there's some sleepers on there, but it's a definitely a very influential album. We chatted about this when we did the last In Flames episode, but like this is this is much more my jam when it comes to In Flames, and that's why as they progressed, I just found myself not being interested in what they were doing. Now that being said, from what I've heard of the new stuff with the newest album, fantastic, and we're gonna have to dive into that in the future. Oh but, yeah, we're definitely uh, gonna do Foregone for sure. Yeah, but um. This is a staple album for me. I listened to this album a lot in college, but and it's been a while since I did a deep dive with it. But yeah, I really like it. I mean, this is this is this is a great album. If you're checking out death metal, melodic death metal, I mean, this is this album's got to be on the list. Yeah, I mean, I think this has a lot of different, you know, take it back. It has a a good amount of you know, like I said. It, you want us to do melodic death metal, which I feel like we talk a lot about melodic death metal on the albums we do, but I just what we fucking love, right? But like so many of these songs are just good examples of like, okay, this is what melodic, this is what makes melodic death metal. Mm-hmm. It has a melody. It's got a good, like, you know, groovy riff through it. It's got double bass in the background. It's got harsh vocals. It's got clean vocals. You know, it has a lot of things, has good solos, you know, here and there. Not on every song, but on most songs, they've got a decent solo, good solo. But yeah, I mean, Horacle is one that I, I definitely put high up in my rankings of overall uh, In Flames albums just because it's just, I think episode 666, it carries the episode 666 is the atlas of this album, it carries the rest of the album. And just and what brings it up so much higher because of that song, the story within the song, and the overall theme of the album. So, yeah, I mean, it's for me, Jotun was the song that got me into them, honestly, or not into In Flames. I'd heard other stuff, but that was that's the song that comes to mind initially when I think of this album. But I like episode six, six. I mean, they're both pretty damn close for me. I would say that. Candidly, episode six 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 is probably the best is the best song on the album, but Jotun has the nostalgia leverage to it too, which puts it pretty high for me. But yeah, episode six 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 takes the one slot, and it's a fucking awesome song. If you don't listen to this album, at least listen to that song. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, 
Well, very good pick, man. I'm glad we could do this one for our 66th episode. Episode 666. Yeah. From In Flames. Mm-hmm. Well, again, everybody, please continue to listen to us week in and week out. We definitely appreciate all the support and feedback. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, the Metal Oasis Podcast, uh, our best way to contact us is themetaloasis at gmail.com. Again, that's themetaloasis at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this excellent In Flames album. And please continue to listen to us on Spotify and Apple and Amazon Podcasts and all those podcast streaming services out there. Definitely appreciate your support and give us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to and what we talk about and all the bullshit I give Orion because uh, mm-hmm. he deserves it. Uh, but yeah. Good I'm episode, buddy. in the margin right now, man. Yeah, you are working with him. Suck a dick. Anyway. Uh, all right, buddy. With that being said, I'll catch you on the flip side. Later, me do. Later, me do.